took action and made it happen. It's gonna live inside of your purpose. What is it, D-Word? Right now, you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work. What if it did work? Start asking yourself better questions. An amazing podcast and an amazing movement, but it all started as an Amazon best-selling book by yours truly. Yes, I'm being biased. It's my favorite book. Took me forever to write, about 47 years. But you know what? It took a lot less to write my second book. The Vacation CEO, yes, that's a new book. What if it did work? All righty, everybody. I'm super excited, super happy, super stoked. Another day, another episode of my favorite podcast. And yeah, it's my favorite podcast because it's my own podcast. What if it did work? I'm honored and privileged to have one of my favorites, brand new guest, David Speck. David, I would introduce you, but after you sent me your bio, <laughs> I... I, I, I with all the accolades and everything that you've accomplished and your pl- and that's not even including what you're doing now. This is all history. Oh, that was old stuff. Yeah. Dude, if, if you put current stuff, you know, we would have to do a, a two-part episode of, <laughs> of this podcast. So go ahead, brother. Introduce yourself. All right. Well, I always start when I'm listening to a podcast, when I see the guest and I may not recognize the name, it'll be like, well, why do I want to listen to this guy? Or why do I want to listen to this girl? So... In the Reader's Digest condensed version, I will say that in a previous life, I ran newspapers. I was a leader of multiple newspaper companies. I have won awards in journalism. I have helped organizations navigate through tough times. I was president of the Louisiana Press Association during Hurricane Katrina, which is a whole story in and of itself. Um, I have had to pivot all my life. I am a serial entrepreneur. I always, I'm one of those early adopter people, right? The ones that say, oh, this looks cool. Let's try it. And I've done that within the newspaper industry, which as you well know, Omar, is a very difficult thing to do considering the stuck in the mud nature of a lot of those that own newspapers. But my my passion and my most recent, uh, uh, I guess you would say accomplishment would be the fact that uh, I discovered my purpose as a health coach Now, that's a pivot from um, losing 120 pounds in 2018 and keeping it off for four years and finding that if I can do it, I can help other people do it. And it has really brought a sense of fulfillment to my life, not to mention some nice income as a health coach. So that's really my uh, my passions right now. I still have some some involvement with the newspaper companies back in Louisiana. I have transplanted to Middle Tennessee, which is like crazy. And let's throw one more ringer in it. I was born in Louisiana, but I'm a Florida Gator fan, which you absolutely hate, which I love about it. So (laughs) that is probably the best bio I can give you without going the whole one hour. You're going to laugh, Dave. I I know for a fact I've got more Gators that listen to my podcast. (laughs) My my fraternity brothers, people that went to LSU, people that, uh, that work with me in TV stations and radio stations. I only have like six downloads out of 70,000 from the great state of Louisiana. And to wow. me, it's like, ah, uh, so I know. 
I know. As, as a person who tried to start a podcast in Louisiana, I feel your pain, brother. I feel it. Oh, you're, you're going to laugh. Just a little off topic. A Louisianian bought my book and she's like, DM me, hey, I would love for you to meet so-and-so. He has his own podcast based out of Louisiana. So we're texting back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, I, I love Louisiana. Went to school in Baton Rouge, go Tigers. I'm like, but they don't listen. When it comes to personal development and business development, I'm like, my my hat's off to you, brother, for having a podcast based out of Louisiana. I'm like, and you're going to laugh. This is a true story. In Louisiana, most people don't know who Grant Cardone is, much less that he's from Lake Charles. Yes. Yeah. And, and then he went to McNeese State. Yeah. It's yeah, it, it's crazy. But at the same time, I, I think, you know, there there are people waking up across the nation. I mean, let, let's face it, uh, downturns in the economy will wake up the desire for more in somebody because they know that status quo is not going to get them by. So so I've seen a lot of people starting to step into spaces they never have before or starting to to, to try to improve themselves like they never have before. It, it, to me, it's not a Louisiana thing. It's, it's really just a Southern thing. And Hey, it's it's my people. Yeah, are the same thing. They but, believe it is what it is. They don't believe until you know their their backs are up against the wall. Well, maybe let me try something different. If you and I were here talking and we had a podcast based on the Gators losing once again for the eleventh or <laughs> the fourteenth time, the LSU Tigers, and I posted that and I just threw in a little advertisement saying we're speaking about the big rivalry. I, it, it, it would be like you, yeah, we would have downloads up the wazoo for that. Now, would it improve anybody's life? No. Would it move the needle? Would it move the needle who won, who lost? No. But some people ha- are passionate. And in, in the South, they're passionate family. They're passionate mm-hmm. about God. And, you know, we're, we're all, all Christians here. But the thing is, a lot of times when, you, I, when I tell people, I'm like, well, you were made in God's image to thrive, to be a champion. And there ain't a lot of times, I don't know if you've ever heard this. Yeah, my treasure awaits in heaven. Yeah. It's like, really? I, I feel like, well, how do you know you're going to get there? That's <laughs> well, and, and, and the thing is, you know, I, I believe that the Bible is one of the best business development books ever written. I mean, and, and some of the scriptures in there are just like, you know, faith without works is dead. Show me your faith by your works. And it's like, that is so parallel to the action first movement that has taken place in personal development. It's like, it was there 2000 years ago. You just had to read it and put it into to application. So, I mean, you know, don't, don't tell me you love God and aren't doing the work. Well, well, to me here, I'll even go deeper, but bef- before Jim Rohn, before Tony Robbins, be- before Zig Ziglar, before Napoleon Hill, wouldn't you have to say, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. the first yeah. person development. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And and so um matter of fact, I, I without trying to offend anybody who's non-Christian, I do weave scripture into the things that I teach because I believe that there are timeless truths in there that can apply whether you're a believer or not. So to me, you know, always trying to improve yourself is directly in alignment with God's will. You know, that's 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 what he wanted you to do. Well, Dave, you're going to laugh at, at this. You're, you're going to be the first that has ever heard this, except for like maybe an ex-girlfriend. Because <laughs> uh, I, I did post that 
possibly my third book was going to be one on spirituality. Because yes, my podcast does talk about Christ, does talk about my faith. So does my videos. So does, you know, being on stage. Mm -hmm. Well, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, contacted me, wanted to know, hey, you know, let's interview, see if you could write a, you know, write a book for us. And that's why, you know, I, I threw it on my page. And I'm thinking of writing a spiritual book. Well, after a couple of interviews, they send me the blank. Hey, you're not Christian. We're not a fit. And, and, and to me, it's like, wow. And, and it was like such a blow because I, I literally had a chapter or two written. I, I, in March, I flew out to Vegas with my my um, my buddy. And, you know, I got that notice. And I'm like, how can you how can they say I'm not, you know, it's not a fit. You know, my book, it's funny because Amazon even has me as like, you know, a Christian based book. But hey, you know what? I guess it's um, there's no faith healing or I'm not I'm not asking for donations and all. That. But that's that's there. You know, you can't judge me based on, no. you know, no, my we, belief. No. And, and you know, let, let's talk about identity for a second, because I believe that, you know, the way the way I went through my health change. Now, let me let me kind of preface this. I lost 120 pounds in eight months. That's radical. That's ridiculous. Yes. That's like Bob Harper. But can I tell you? Yeah. But yet I identified as a fat guy well beyond that because the mind, the mind is very powerful. And when I would walk by a mirror, even at my my lowest weight, when I was transitioning to lifelong, I always saw the flaws. I saw the skin hanging and thinking it was fat. I saw the chin hanging and thinking I had a double chin. It's how we identify and it, and, and, it, and, it, and it permeates all areas of our life. You know, if you, if you identify as someone who's a victim, then you're going to see the world through a victim's eyes. If you identify yourself or you believe that identity that you've created for yourself. And I think that's where a lot of people are today is that they have created this identity that they can't make it. They can't make a major change. They can't pivot in, in this world. You know, my, my friend told me right before 2020 started, he picks a, a number for you. I mean, a word for every year. And he said, my year, this 2020 is going to be pivotal. And I told him I blamed him for COVID because everybody's had to pivot due to his word. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, but, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that we do tend to step into that, which we identify as, you know, if, and, and I believe that, that if you can change your mindset of who you identify you as, then you can take the steps necessary to change your world, your future, your income, all the things, because, you know, I think Ed Mallette says, it says it the best, don't see the world as it happens to you, but that it happens for you. You are where you are right now because of all the things that led up to this moment and you are uniquely qualified for this moment. Amen. Amen. Let's speak. Coming back to that point, don't you think a lot of people just have a distorted view of themselves, of the reflection in the mirror? And it can be either either two ways. The person that keeps on gaining weight, the, the person that keeps on getting in debt, the person that keeps on being lonelier and lonelier or whatnot, lies to himself, lies in the reflection, says things aren't bad. I look the same. I feel great trying to lie to himself, but deep down inside, he knows he or she knows it's not, or it's the opposite that they have this distorted view that they're a loser. There's people that are successful, but they're really not successful because they see themselves as ugly. They see themselves 
is a loser, that they're not winners. That that I I, I went out on on a, a date recently and the woman point blank said, Well, I don't see the things that you see in me. And and that was like a, a touch, that was like a telling because a lot of people have that opinion of themselves. And and, and that's what stops them. That's you that's really unworthiness. That mm-hmm. no matter what, she could have been a Hawaiian Tropic model, could have had like a million dollars in her bank account, and she would have still said that same answer. And that's why, you know, so many people can are successful on paper, but yet, you know, and, and that's that's where the self-destructive patterns happen. You see, if you didn't fit, um, fix that mindset, you would have gained all that weight back. Absolutely. And I, I think that was what the beauty of what happened to me was. See, I was the middle-aged arrogant guy. Okay. And there's a lot of us out there that 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 we've worked our butts off from age, you know, 15 to, to, to 45. We've sacrificed, we we've sacrificed time from our family. We've we've busted it to get to a certain place in life, either physically, financially, vocationally. And we're like, okay, we may not think we've arrived, but you know what? I've busted it. I don't need to bust it anymore. I should be able to enjoy my life at this point. At 325 pounds, that was me. My my, my big joke that I always said was, I'm married. I haven't got nobody to impress. I don't need to worry about how I look because I already got me a wife. You know, you're gonna laugh, Dave. I was gonna, I was gonna say because you know I, I was married for 18 years, and I would always go up and down in weight, and whether. She would say it, not saying, Hey, you look like crap, just, you know, tone mm-hmm. it down if you want to live for your daughters and one day see your grandkids. But why is, why do people always go with that? Like, that's our first knee jerk reaction is, Hey, I'm married. Now, if you're building an empire, you know, this is your, your queen. Yeah. Wouldn't you want to look and feel your best and be there and not have like, you know, that widow heart attack, widow maker heart attack? But we, every guy always, you know, yeah, hey, the that or the new one. I'm sure you've heard this. Um, most women these days, this I don't know. I've never asked. I've never heard a woman say this that they prefer a dad bod over <laughs> someone in shape. Uh, I, I think we we tend to see the world through our own lenses. Meaning, uh, if you know, if if we see a lot of people saying the dad bod thing, we start to take that as truth. Um, I don't think we communicate completely deep, especially as guys, we, 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 we kind of put that wall up there either to protect or out of some sense of, uh, inadequate adequacy. Um, but I will say this traction has a lot of benefits. And what I mean by that is we often don't believe we can because we didn't have traction the last time or it didn't work the last time we have, we, you know, when we're younger, we have the, this, this innate ability to just try things, right? You know, think about the crap you pulled in college, <laughs> you know, and there's like the 50 version, I'm sorry, 49 year old version of you right now <laughs> would tell the 18 year old version of you to say, dude, no, 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 no. But we have this sense of adventure. This, So they, I think the more we progress, the more we're like, okay, I've got to get in security mode. I got to, I got to protect what I've got. I, you know, I'm not taking risks anymore. And quite frankly, life transformation, trying to build a new habit at, at, at my age is a risk. I mean, think about this for a minute. 
at the age of 49, when I started my, my, my health journey, I the only vegetable I had ever eaten was corn. We all know corn's not a vegetable. So yeah, but so, that's the Louisiana thing. There, it's, oh, yeah. it's based uh, on you know. Oh yeah, it, it's based. You on don't eat salad. Too. You don't eat. Yeah, you don't eat okra unless it's been baptized in oil and breaded, right? Exactly. So, um, so but here, here's the interesting thing. I made a decision. I told I told Tina. I said, whatever you put in front of me, I will eat. I may have to choke it down, but I will eat. And the very first meal out that we had. We went to Ralph and Kaku's in Bossier City. And you know Ralph and Kaku's if you've been uh, around. I know it quite well. And I ordered a filet and a side of broccoli. Okay. I was I was choking the, on the broccoli so hard. My wife was dying laughing. Tears were streaming down her face. I was getting red-faced mad at her for laughing at me. And I say all that to say this. But I choked it down. And I choked it down the next time. And I choked it down the next time. And when I weighed in the first week, I had lost 16 pounds. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. I have proven to myself I can do that. Kept eating it, kept eating it, kept eating it. Now, here I am, and it, it happened about probably month two or month three, but here I am four years later, four and a half years later, I love broccoli, I love cauliflower, I love um, asparagus, I love green bean. It, my, my palate changed, right? But it took the decision and the willingness to go through the short-term hard to make the long-term good. But traction was the difference maker. That law, if I had not moved the scale, I'd have thrown my hands up and, and said, nope, not for me. But because the scale moved, and I believe the traction is a huge motivator, especially for guys like me. That that if I if I'm continually seeing progress, I'll keep going. But if I if I see a a, a, a setback, it's real hard to get over the setback hump. And and so for me. The beauty of what I went through was each and every week, even if it was small progress, there was something I could hang my hat on. If it wasn't a movement on the scale, it was a it was a belt loop or, or a belt hole that I had to go in, or it was a smaller size shirt. I changed I changed wardrobes three times in eight months because I was shrinking so fast. So while that was going on, I was building healthy habits that I could extend into the future because that's the other thing. Guys tend to use a means to an end. If I do this, I'll get here and then I'll go back to the way I was. Well, with regard to your body and your health, it's not a do this and go back. It's a do this and keep going. And so building habits, and you can't you can't stop a bad habit. You can only replace a bad habit with a good habit. You know, hey, you you get stressed, go take a walk, don't go eat a hamburger, you know, whatever. So so doing those little things during the course of that weight loss and then beyond and learning them and stacking habit on top of habit, I've created a framework that allows for long-term health so that I don't have to go back. But food's still a drug to me. Meaning, you know, I'm always going to be contending there. I'm always, you know, one donut away from falling off the wagon, if you will. But I have the structure in place. I have the support system in place so that even if I do stumble, I'm not falling altogether. But Dave, the thing is, Louisiana, eating, we shouldn't eat just for fuel. Absolutely. But in Louisiana, lived there four or five years, gained the freshman 20 pretty quick. And food is something that you must do like 
for parties. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's like emotional eating. It's it's like you exist just to eat, and and that's why everything is so lavish. The food, everything is fried. All all everything's in in those sauces, the heavy sauces, the heavy creams, the beignets, mm-hmm. the etouffee, the two, three, the four starches in a meal. And then the crawfish bowl. Yeah, crawfish is healthy, but I don't think when you you eat the potatoes and then you eat the corn and then you drink the six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten beers with it. <laughs> it's used for social gathering. Absolutely. Food. Watching LSU beat Alabama in a couple of days. Nobody Weight Watchers is out the door. <laughs> if, if there's if there's a chapter in Baton Rouge, if there's a chapter anywhere in Louisiana on a Saturday, but then it's not. We always have something else. We could say it's football season, but then Saturday it's football. Sunday Saints or the Cowboys if you're Northern Louisiana or or whatever. And this and it, it's always something different. It's Joe Bob's confirmation or joe bob's this and mm-hmm. it always revolves around food it always revolves around excess it always revolves around drinking heavily drinking carb loading off of simple carbs of beer and i get it because I, I was an emotional the reason why i go up and down and wait is because it is a drug for me whenever mm-hmm. i'm feeling mopey or dopey i remember my grandfather's still alive at 98, but he would always bribe me as a kid to go to mass. If I went to mass on Sunday afterwards, we would go to McDonald's. We would hang out. You know, I would have a, a quarter pounder or a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh. It, so it's ingrained in my head. Like, you know, hey, if, if I'm sad, go to McDonald's or hey, I'm, ha- I'm happy. I'm, I, I had a great first, second date. Let me reward myself. So it, it's just that we we wire ourselves drug. If, if I'm sure you've seen this or you've you've heard of well, we've all done this. When you go to the bakery, your eyes dilate, it, and sugar is no different than like if somebody was snorting coke. <laughs> Nobody goes down to the produce section; their eyes are dilating because like, oh, did you see that zucchini? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that squash looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, maybe, maybe maybe God knew what He was doing when He when He started me in Louisiana on this journey. Because there's a couple things that I think that 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 are beneficial. You're absolutely right. Culture, and I don't think it's Louisiana specific, but it's certainly Louisiana oh, no, heavy. Yeah, um, is around food and excess. You know, let, let's face it. it, it before about the mid '80s. You know, you nobody got appetizers at restaurants, right? Now you got no. blooming onions that are this flipping big, and and so, you know, we we've created this culture over the last you know thirty forty years. What I would say is the what you do is you become more intentional about it. I, I'll tell you a quick story about one of my clients. He texted me all excited about two weeks ago because he said, "Hey, I went to this event and they had fried chicken and baked chicken." And I said no to the fried chicken and deprived myself of because I really wanted the fried chicken and I ate the ate the baked chicken. And I said to my friend or my client, I said, dude, you've got to reframe your mind. And he's like, yeah, you said deprived means. Yeah. Yeah. He punished himself. I said, 
I said, you made a choice to be a better father to that new baby you just had. Exactly. You know, and so we have to reframe and there, there's a, there is a, um, a method that, that, that our program teaches called stop challenge choose. And what it says is basically in a moment where you're about to make a, a food choice or actually any choice in life, stop it, challenge it by asking you the question, is this, you know, is this really what I want to do? Is it moving me closer to my goals or further away from my goals? And then make an intentional choice. Don't make a reactive choice. And if your choice is, you know what? I want the donut. Fine, own it. But make sure it's your choice. Don't say, I ate donuts because they brought them into the office today. See the difference? You're reacting. You're, You're blaming something else. Own your life. Own your choices. Own your habits and make the choices. Now, if you say, dude, you know, I'm choosing to have diabetes and get on metformin. Well, that's your choice. But don't say, hey, you know, I, diabetes runs in my family. My, my son says, says it this way. If diabetes runs in your family, nobody runs in your family. <laughs> but, but it's always easy to play the victim. It's always yeah. easy to go with the circumstance. Oh, I've, I've got a thyroid problem. Well, it's like in the 80s, nobody had a thyroid problem. I and, and, and you're gonna laugh. Growing up, we called the guy that we grew up with Piggy. Now okay. he was just heavy set, nowhere near. I mean, if if we gave him the nickname, and we were in junior high and high school, now people would be looking at us, be like, "Yeah, that just looks normal." But but you're right. The restaurant industry wanted the upsell. In fact, we didn't even know how many calories were in the blooming onion until like Men's Health actually yeah. ran art and you're like holy smokes and we could and and remember when outback it, it was like you know it, it was the place to go yeah on friday or saturday family dinner uh, um date night whatnot and it was like mandatory you have mm-hmm. to get not only the blooming onion but you have to dip it in the thousand island sauce to make sure you get the extra calories in that <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was it i was the guy you know I, I was in the circle of friends that told ourselves we were going to make the buffet lose money on us. You know, you've, you've been around those guys, you know, they can they the pile of food on it and then they'll go back for seconds. I was that guy. And so I, I say that to say, if I can change, I'm not special. I'm not, I'm no different than anybody else. Then, then, you know, other people like me can transform their lives. And I get a huge thrill out of helping somebody. I had, a, I had an editor that worked for me that literally had to go weigh in on industrial scales when he would go to the doctor's office. And, and he was concerned that he wasn't going to live to to see his son graduate from high school. And, and he lost well over a hundred pounds, I think more like 150 pounds through our program. And he texted me one day, he says, David, you literally saved my life. And I'm like, no, you saved your life. I was just simply the guy that showed you the way. Because isn't that the truth, right? We can't make anybody do anything. No, no. They have to choose the we can show them the path. We can we can explain to them the pros and the cons, but at the end of the day, it's up to them to take the action, getting back to faith without works. Well, well, nothing nothing works. Your program doesn't work. The book you wrote doesn't work. My book doesn't work. 10X doesn't work. No. The only, the only thing that works is when you get off your ass, and it's usually pain. Somebody's like pain avoidance. Yeah. They're like, this is it. 
they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Because you and I, we can have a powwow session. We, we, we can try to inspire, motivate. That only moves the needle so much. Because what happens is the person goes home, ah, that guy's full of crap. They're full mm-hmm. of crap. It's not until lifestyle changes. When do they start losing weight? Usually when, when the wife leaves, the girlfriend leaves or whatnot. Or, or the doctor is like, well, you know, if you don't change your habits real soon, like today, you only have such and such years to mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And that's when it, when change hits. And, and I would say too, that pain avoidance is a short-term motivator that somehow during your pain avoidance, you need to find a reason to move forward. You can call it your why, you can call it your purpose, you can call it your because. But at the end of the day, if you're not striving towards something and you're simply running away from something, you'll get tired of running. I had a friend that had bypass surgery, open heart surgery in his early 40s, scared to death of, of dying. Six months later, he's making a touffe again. I mean, it, it's just it's just a it's just a a in the moment motivator. And you've got to dig deep and figure out, you know, why do I want to do this? What am I working towards? For me, it's being a grandfather. I didn't even have a grandson when I started this. Now he's three and I'm playing on the floor. I'm not sitting in the recliner saying, bring me the remote. I'm 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 on the floor playing with the blocks. That's my motivating factor. I want to be there for him and every other grandchild that I have. And I, and everybody needs to find that in themselves. Well, and you can you also have people that use this oh we're all gonna die. Anyway, so that that's why, you know, I'll continue smoking, I'll continue eating the buffet. You know, life's too short. And and but they don't understand that there's pain involved too. There's pain involved in checking your insulin. There's pain involved in shots. There's pain involved in surgery. I'm I've 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 had surgery for sports injuries. And they suck. I, I I couldn't imagine the pain seeing that scar on on a open heart surgery and go. Well, hey, you know what? You know, but I, I don't mind doing that. There, there's always pain in everything. I I prefer doing the pain of going to the gym. I prefer the pain of yeah. I, I wish I could have cake every day or a Big Mac every day or pizza every day. But I think I'll go with the the pain of once in a while. Mm-hmm. Than any of those surgeries or any of those pills or having to go see the doctor or, or worrying about having my foot amputated. I mean, these are all things you are, that are good to avoid. Absolutely. Um, and, and I would say, too, um, you don't know what you're missing because as a as a 300 pound person, there's certain things you can't do that they won't let you do. You can't go zip lining. You can't. Oh, you that, can't that I know. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like. It's 250, I think. 250. Yeah. yeah. So you can't do those. You, you know, I ain't about to go hiking. And yet I've hiked, you know, three different, um, you know, relatively strenuous trails. And I'm not an exercise guy. I'm not the guy that likes to go to the gym. I'm the guy that would avoid the gym at all costs. And, and really, I, I need to get back, but that's a whole nother topic for another day. But I can tell you this. When I climbed Pinnacle Peak in Arizona, and I got to see those views. It was worth every bit of sweat, out of breath, everything. But a 320-pound guy is never going to get to experience that because they're never going to get past the base of the mountain. Well, hiking for them is like if there's stairs involved. Yeah. That one flight. And, and so, and so what, does, what does being healthy open you up to? And, and, I, and I'll go one step further. 
if you're in any form of leadership and, and, you know, Maxwell says, you know, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. But if you're in any form of leadership and you're not physically taking care of yourself, it affects your ability to lead because people don't, people often equate obesity with laziness. Mm -hmm. And And so it's one. Yeah. And so if you're leading these people, telling them, hey, these are the steps you need to take or or I'm the boss, you need to do this. And they're like, dude, you don't even, you know, you know, you leaving here to go to the buffet. I mean, that's really the, what goes through people's minds. If 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 you're really trying to be a leader, my, my, my friend, Tom Hamill, he was he's in the leadership space. He laid, he led a bunch of uh, was in the leadership entity and around churches and he was ballooned up. And he said, I was sitting there talking at a conference and caught out of the corner of my eye, the jumbotron and said, who is that fat guy in the jumbotron? And then he realized it was him. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm not even leading myself. Well, how do I expect to lead anybody else? And I believe that once you start, once you make that decision and a decision, it not followed by action is not a decision. Once you make that decision and you take those steps and you get that traction and you see what's possible, I think you get inspired to go deeper, go further, you know, you know why, why a lot of people in Louisiana haven't really gotten into personal development because nobody's ever shown them the way or they've never taken the steps. The very first business book I ever read in 2012 was Good to Great. You know where I got it? The Webster Parish Library. So, yeah, so that tells you what's possible. We just have to make the decision to take the action and step into it. Well, and and that's what I I love about you is, you know, instead of saying, hey, I'm a victim, I can't believe print is going by the wayside. Uh, Maybe I'm just a dinosaur. Instead, you pivoted. You did the ultimate pivot. And you're like, I want other. I want to lead. I want to show other people that, yes, you can go from morbidly obese to being active. Mm Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people uh, really are clueless on a lot of things. Portion control, one of them. They they feel like if they eat the Fred Flintstone portion, that that's like one steak or one, one right. serving of of rice. When when you know it's a, it's a whole mound of rice, and they're like, well, you know, I eat about eighteen hundred calories a day, which is usually like one of their six meals. <laughs> yeah, calories in there. I don't know. Maybe my, I think it's just my metabolism is shot. Like, well, now when you're, you're uh, shoveling like six, 7,000 calories a day and you're not Lance Armstrong, I mean, you know, it, it, it adds up. Yeah. And, and I think it, you, a lot of people make it too complicated. I don't want to read labels. Well, neither do I. That's why I try to find something simple. You know, that, that, that's the beauty of what we do when you're, when you only have to worry about a couple of me, a couple of actually made meals a day. And then you, you, you know, you eat, I know packaged food, but you, you eat a meal replacement type system, then, then it takes the guesswork out of it. And, and I'm, I'm all about taking the guesswork out. You know, the last thing I need to do is become a nutritionist. That is not who I am. I am a guy who, who, who likes to, to hit my routines and I trust my routines. You know, it's, it's like if, if I don't brush my teeth in the same part of the same morning routine, it probably, I'll probably forget. So I have to do routines and I have to trust them. And that's what I love about what I do. It is very systematic and it, and it doesn't require a lot of thought and a lot of extra work to make happen. It is simply 
eat the food, drink the water, lose the weight, build the habits. That's it. Now, you, I know you're a coach, but you, you must hear this a lot when you tell people. Ah, but want to just wait. It's the end of the year. Why don't I wait till January 2023? It's always that tomorrow mentality. Yeah. I just hate yeah. that because common sense is why if you start now, there's one, you, you have a head start. Mm. And two, right now, that person that says January, which is a lie, they might say it's mm. January. You're going to power eat their way. Thanksgiving, Christmas, holiday parties, Festivus, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, <laughs> New Year's, Super Bowl. Well, they can't start January 1st because they're hungover. So we'll wait till January 2nd, unless January 2nd this year land, lands on the weekend. Then they'll, you know, there's always an excuse. Right. So, so, so let me take what you just listed out. Between now and the end of the year, I think you listed roughly six different opportunities to go off the rails. Like hard. But it's six. Yeah, by six, but there's 60 days between now and then. So 10 per, you're you're gonna not start because 10% of the of your time is off the rails. I mean, when you put it into that perspective and you go, well, I can be 90% on program. You know, I can be 90% going towards my goals. I mean, if you ask somebody for 90% effort, you'd be like, Yeah. I mean, because you, you can't expect a hundred percent out of people, right? So so don't let don't let the Oh, we have these things coming up, stand in the way, right? That's not that's that that that's counterproductive. The other thing I'll add too, everybody starts on January one, right? Everybody, you know, the parking lot at the gym is full January one, but it's empty by January thirty. Oh, gyms yeah. don't make money off the people that show up; they make money off the people that don't show up. Exactly. So so. So, and, and a lot of times simply the crowd is enough to keep you from, from doing something, right? You go to the gym, the parking lot's full, you turn around and go home. If you go to the grocery store and all the healthy foods bought up because everybody started their diet on January one, you're going to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm not fighting this. Yeah. Again, everybody's got an excuse at the end of the day, you just need to make a decision and go for it. But, and also it's funny you say, Okay, well, the gym's packed. I don't, I don't want to fight all those people. But then if they start now, the gym is empty and they're going to use it's that. It's empty. Yeah, but I need motivation. I don't want to go to a gym and be by myself. Who wants to work out by themselves? <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. I mean, that's where it gets back to the decision, right? You got you got you got to decide is this going is this what you're going to do? Is this is this in alignment with your goals? Is this in alignment with who you want to be moving forward? Um, yeah, there's a there's a, a, um, a not a theory, but an exercise where you take your desired outcome and your current reality. Right. This is who I want to be. This is where I am now. And there's what's called structural tension. There's this this natural tension, and that tension can be either the thing that keeps you from starting, or it can be the thing that that propulses catapults you forward into trying to become that person you want to be. But until you can see yourself as that person in your desired outcome, you're never going to start from current reality. And and for me, I was holding my wife accountable at first, but then when I got traction and realized who I could possibly be as a result, that's when I catapulted forward. 
I'm a guy that hated working out. And the 21 days to a habit, that, that's false. That's crap. That's that, crap. That, that's some crap that they sell, they sell you to, to throw up on a poster board. This is how you do it. And that this became all of a sudden, this is my non-negotiable. When I was in Murfreesboro, had I had to go work out. On a cruise, I have to work out. Go to Vegas, have to work out. You keep on doing it until it's hardwired into you. And, and that's when it becomes a habit. It's not like you, I could wake up 21 days in a row at 4 a.m. Okay, well, the 22nd, I'll sleep right through it because I'm like, Woo-hoo. absolutely. Yeah. But that's how you do it. You force you, 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 you had immersion right there. You had those green beans and it sucked. It sucked the first time. It sucked the second time, but it sucked a little less, a little less. And then it became a habit. Then you tricked your brain was like, well, this is all good stuff. Cauliflower is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't like, well, I, I need the fried ca- buffalo cauliflower because, you know, people, people don't understand all that's unhealthy. You know, when you, when you fry anything, it becomes unhealthy. Well, you know, it's, like, it's like sauces, it becomes unhealthy. Well, it's like when you go to uh, and you see cauliflower crust pizza. Mm-hmm. But then you go reading the ingredients and it's like rice flour, almond flour, this flour, that flour. It's like you're still carb loading. You're still Unless carb loading. Just cauliflower. <laughs> you're just paying more for it. That's it. Yeah. So, and it, it, so, it doesn't taste as good. So right. if, if it's the same amount of calories, it's just that halo effect that you're lying to yourself that, oh, I'm I'm eating well, healthy. Eating healthy. It, it's like the yeah. oh well, wheat, wheat versus white bread. Well, it's your body. It, it's pretty much the same shit. So just eat the white if you enjoy eating the white. <laughs> or or if, you, if, you, if you're going to lie to yourself and say you love the wheat, then I'll continue eating wheat. But yeah, no, people, yeah. Dude, it's funny because, yeah, that, that's the latest craze is the, okay, well, for $2, can I get, or the, the gluten. People, most people do not have an allergy to gluten. That, that's a fact. Most people yeah. have an allergy of eating like pigs, six, seven meals a day, and it's not the gluten people. No, so uh, yeah. but again, marketing, right? Marketing has been brilliant. Oh, oh and, and, and you can and, upsell more by saying, "Oh yeah, you want your pizza gluten free? I'll, I'll charge you an extra five or six bucks." Yeah, or if we can, if we can put the right kind of refined sugar in this to get the dopamine uh, release. After they eat this ice cream bar, you know, they're going to come back and buy more ice cream bars. And and we don't see that as a, because it's food, mm-hmm. there's really not that stigma of, well, what, 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 what are we actually doing? Are we creating addicts? Well, yeah, we are, but it's marketing. That, well, that's remember, okay. what, remember when we were much younger and fat free was, was the rage. Oh yeah. Fat Snackwells. You know, I, I remember the green packaging. Hey, you, you can eat two, three. People are eating two, three, four boxes of those at a time thinking, you know, it was zero calories, yeah. and zero carbs. It's like, yeah. Oh. If, yeah, if you're on keto and a year from now, you're just as fat as you were, then your keto is not working. I, you know, I, I, the keto is the, 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 the buzzword now that I've seen a lot of. And oh, but, but it's always something. And what they don't, uh, it, they, they throw out the common sense. Yeah. You know, yes, every diet works because it's calorie restriction, but you have to follow it. Yeah. And, and then you can't, what, what people try to do is cut corners by 
doing their own keto by oh, doing their own Mediterranean ish. diet. They ish yeah. it, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah, it reminds me of a thing that, that uh, I asked a dentist one time. I said, what is the best toothpaste to use? And he looked me dead in the eye and said, David, the one that you will use every day. Exactly. Or like four out of five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, so, and, and the truth is, if, you know, if you stick to any diet or health plan, you're going to see results. I like mine. I think mine's the best because it does provide, you know, coaching and support and a simple system. But you know what? You know, it may not be the best for every person, but at the same time, doing nothing is exactly that. You're doing nothing. Do something, stick to it, you know, measure the results. It's it's just like anything else in life. You got to make a decision and take an action. But what I love about you is you have empathy. You've been there. Why would yeah. I want to go to a nutritionist that looks like friggin' Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Your fats. Now let's get, get let's get you on a plan that will work, right? Yeah, yeah. But, it's but, true. Right? I, I mean, yeah. I, I and I love the Austrian oak to death. But clearly, if he wanted to talk to me about nutrition, about getting in shape or anything, it's like, well, you are Mr. Olympia. You are the Austrian, you know. People, it, it, it's like in sports, the greatest managers were always the ones that barely made the team, that toiled in the minors forever. Superstars can't lead because they can't, they don't have empathy. They can't relate. Absolutely. Michael Jordan could never be a manager or coach because he can't relate. Why can't everybody shoot like me? It was like, Wayne Gretzky, when he tried being a coach, how can the great one who literally they called him the great one, he can't relate to because because when you're that at that level, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, just do it. You know, yeah, just like yeah. a logo, just do it. Yeah. You know, you know I, I hear things like, you know, it reminds me of things in the business world. I've been told, you know, billionaires breathe different air than the rest of us. And it's true that their mindset is so completely foreign to the person who's not in that realm. And, and the same as uh, you, you were using Jordan as the example, you know, he, he tried to coach play at the Wizards and it was a horrendous failure. But yet his teammate, Steve Kerr, look what he's done. Yeah, but Steve Kerr was. Yes, but he was a lower tier player. That, Pat that, Riley. Yeah. Always, I mean, it's always, but in, in sports and in anything. You're right. The The mind is different. It, it's like if somebody told you, you need to be more like Jack Dorsey, you need to be more like Elon Musk, you need to be more like Warren Buffett. It's like, or, or Howard Schultz and all that. It's like, well, <laughs> how that, that, that's just a different mindset. And, and, and the, the further you are away from, you know, a lot of them had humble beginnings and, and most of them, actually probably all of the ones you've mentioned did. But the longer you're in the other tier, the less the less empathy you have for the lower tier. You know, I'm you know, I'm four years out of this or through this the the initial process, but I still remember what it felt like four years ago. Now, will I feel like that 10 years from now? I don't know. That's why I'm trying to build a team of coaches so that we're always keeping somebody close to that to that level. But at the end of the day, I know this systems work. And if you find the system that works and you work the right system, you'll get the right results. 
And I believe that what I do will impact. We've already impacted hundreds, maybe even thousands of people in the last four years. I'm looking at impacting tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And in in doing that, I got to build a team that is close. There are people, Omar, in your circle that I will never touch because it's your circle. It's not mine. But yet you may say, you know what? David has a, has a great system. And if I can coach somebody in that system, you know, I know where they're at so I can meet them where they're at. But now I have the structure and the framework to help them be successful. And I believe that's how, how we're going to build something great. Well, when it comes to systems, not there's no, well, people don't understand. There really isn't any competition out there. I I can try to be the best business coach. I can try to be the best personal development coach. But if you don't like me, I can have a a cure for cancer and you're not going to go with me. And that's why, you you know, whenever people tell me, well, you're not Grant Cardone, you're not Anthony Robbins. I'm like, well, well, besides stating the obvious, I I know that. But not everybody loves those guys. There's plenty of people. That, that, you know, there's an overabundance. We live in a world where, yes, they, there can be the Mount Rushmore of everything. Personal development coaches, business development coaches. That's like me saying, Dave, you're, you're not, you're not going to be Bob Harper. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, you're, and, and what's your point? You know, you're not yeah. going to be the next Jillian Michaels. Okay. Well, I don't want to be. I want to be the best David Speck that I can be. Exactly. Yeah. I remember re- I remember listening to Cardone's 10x book, it, and it was it was during the pandemic. And I remember him every answer to every question that he raised in his book was, "You just got to ten times your effort." And I'm like, that means nothing to me. I'm out here busting my tail trying to come up with a solution for at that time for you know for for a dying newspaper industry just imagine i, I keep seeing myself as the, the 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 last owner of a blockbuster rental place right you know well, there's one already out still. there yeah there's no one left uh, i think i saw where it closed but anyway i kept saying this this does nothing for me this book does nothing now if i was a 20 something guy who's trying to get into financial services or 20 something guy trying to be a mortgage originator or a real estate agent. You know what? Grant would speak to me because you know what? Most time, more times than not, we're not making enough calls. We're not doing enough follow-up. We're not, we're not 10 Xing our effort. So, so, you know, not, not everybody is for everybody and that's perfectly okay. I'm not for everybody. I'm not, I'm not the go, Hey, get off your ass and go do the work guy. I'm the guy that's like, here's the framework. I'll listen to your problems. I'll give you some structure. I'll, I'll even give you some resources. Hey, have you looked at this book? Have you listened to this podcast? But if you need somebody to just beat you into submission to where you, you get better, I'm not your guy. So, so I'm not for everybody either. And that's perfectly okay. There's 7 billion people on planet earth. I'm sure there's enough that, that can receive from me as their health coach that, that will transform their lives. Well, the thing is what happens is not, not you, but you know, the first obstacle, the first objection, people throw up their hands and, oh, you know, it's not for me. It's like, that was just one. No. And that wasn't even a rejection on you. Maybe they're in a different product. Maybe, you know, they don't have the money. There's always just follow up. That doesn't mean, Hey, well, I can't be a health coach. I can't be a, a business coach. I can't be, I can't sell. No, we're always selling. That person just sold him right now. I can't do it. Right. But if, you, if you're going to quit, 
and say, well, I can't sell, then more than likely you're going to run into that. There's, there's something in here saying that you're unworthy and it doesn't matter if you're on salary sitting behind a desk, you're always going to run into an obstacle that you just shrink and Mm -hmm. go, well, Hey, I can't answer that problem. I just can't do it. I don't have the tools. We all have the tools for everything. Yeah. And and we all have those moments where we do feel like we're unqualified. I get it. You know, I, I, I tend to I tend to go after people like me, but you know, there's plenty of people out there that are in the personal development space. Uh, or how about personal trainers, you know, that 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 work on the that work on the physical fitness aspect of it, but don't have a health, you know, a nutrition component to what they do. You know, they would be a perfect fit for what we do. So there's all this opportunity, but we have to get past our own perceptions of, well, you know, well, he's a doctor. He wouldn't be interested. Or they're a personal trainer. They wouldn't be interested. They don't have a weight loss need. They're, they wouldn't be interested. No, we we don't have that luxury. We have to to build relationship, ask the questions and find out if we if they have a problem that we can solve. And if we don't, great, we're friends. If we do, then we almost to me as somebody whose life was literally saved and, and the direction of my life literally trans, trans uh, turned as a result of this weight, weight loss and healthy living, I have an obligation to share it with anybody who's interested. Because I believe in it, you know. It's it's the ultimate form of evangelism, right? It's it, you know you, it's just like when 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 your life is radically transformed by a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you know that your eternal destination has been changed as a result. Don't you want to take as many people with you as possible? That's why the whole evangelistic movement ever started was Jesus told him to go and preach the gospel. Well, the same is true if your physical life is being transformed through through a system or through a set of choices. Heck. You might have been going to the gym for the last six months and you've seen radical changes in your health. And you want to tell everybody that, man, this workout that I came up with, you know, do these on Monday, these on Tuesday, et cetera, radically changed me. And I believe they can change you. You have an obligation to share it. So to me, that's what selling is, is sharing something that you believe in because it worked for you. And more importantly, you said it best. You have to seek them. You have to tell them that you have the answer to their solutions. What happens is a lot of times you, uh, you and I, we could imagine we just sit back and we wait. We're like, well, you know, I'm a business coach or a health coach. People know what I do. They'll call. They won't call. You have to tell them, I know you have a problem. I can help you. Plain and simple. You, you spoke about it. The apostles. They had to go out. They had to mm-hmm. say, hey, guess what? Because if not, there would only be like, well, I ran out of fingers and toes. 12, <laughs> 12 Christians, Jesus's family, Mary Magdalene, and, and, and that would be it. That would be the movement and yeah. the story. No, you have to go out. You have to seek. This is what we have. This is what we offer in plain and simple. But the person that says, well, I'm highly qualified. Nobody's nobody's going to be like, Dave, I look like crap. I'm morbidly obese. I've got plenty of meds. I'm on plenty of meds. Can you save me? No, you you have to personally tell each and every person that's out there what you do, why you did it and how you can help them. Absolutely. And, And I would go one step further and say that your own personal transformation is the best form of marketing. Because they know 
the, the interesting thing, since I moved to Middle Tennessee, nobody knows who Fat Dave was. You know, because they've only seen me like this. I've been here just under a year. So when I'm talking to people and they're they're like, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a health coach. And they're like, oh, cool. Thinking that I was always like this. And then I'll be like, no, 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 no. I lost 120 pounds in 2018 and kept it off. By the way, here's my before and after. And I, I throw up that picture on my phone and they're like, holy crap, what did you do? And after I saw that pic, don't I tell you? I want I want you to post pictures <laughs> religiously yeah. because every other coach, all I see is like, that's not relatable, man. I, I, I can go get stock footage of people and go, this can be you. Yeah. I, I have pictures of after I got married and stress and my, my wife, ex-wife had her first, our first child. She lost the weight. I, I kept the weight on for her. I have pictures like that. So, you know, yes, I, I've been there. That's why post away, man. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the best, that's the best calling card. It's absolutely. like, why do I post my book? Not because it's, it's going to get, I'm, I'm not going to be sitting next to RL Stein and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be with, the woman that, that that wrote Fifty Shades, or or, or you know the, the Harry Potter chick and Michael Crichton. No, man, I know it'll solve your problem. Here it is. Here's my proof that I can do the work, plain and simple. Yep. So <laughs> you you and I have, to have a relationship, but you know I, I, we could go on and on for hours. But we, we live in the TikTok world where you know. If it's if it's over a minute and with podcasts, anything over an hour, you know, people yeah. are too because we're cutting in on their other time. There's more important stuff like watch, watching stats of the next football game or cyberspace. Updating your updating your fantasy football team. Oh yeah, important stuff like that. Because you know, there's Thursday night games now, so you have to get it done on Wednesday. Of course, of course. <laughs> and then you know, you, you have to you have to you have to check on you know, literally what your ex is doing. Uh, you have to put your social views. <laughs> you have to, you have to see what Netflix has because, you know, it's not going to be available in two weeks. You have to watch all 10 episodes of whatever's brand new right now. So Dave, what's the best way to find you? What's the best way for your social media? And what's the best way of joining your team? Okay. So, uh, two areas. Number one, follow me on Facebook, David A. Specht. Uh, follow me on Instagram, David A. Specht. I'm hanging out at LinkedIn, I think, as David A. Specht as well. So those are my three main platforms. The other thing is go to uh, either davidaspect.com or specthealth.com. Those are our websites. Uh, they will tell you about the health program that I coach. It'll also tell you about some of the other things that I'm doing. And um, would love to connect with you there. You're going to get straight to me. It's not some, you know, random bot laced place. It's me. So uh, I encourage everybody to to do that. And let's connect. Let's let, let's let's get healthy. Let's get wealthy and let's get successful. And one final question. What do you have to say to the person that says, ah, Dave, maybe tomorrow, maybe maybe next month, maybe in a couple months. I don't know. They're, they're on the sidelines. They're, they're concerned about trying something different. They're concerned about failing again. They're concerned about hiring you. They're, they're just concerned about living life to the fullest. Any words of wisdom you want to impart on them? 
I will, I will go back to what somebody once uh, posted shortly after I became a coach and it, it, it resonated with me and it said this, pay the price now for your wellness or you'll pay the price later for your illness. And that price could be making a decision to reach out and ask for help. We're not the food police. We're here to help you be the best version of yourself, whatever that looks like. I like that. And come on, everybody. I'm aligned with Dave. We're, we have we have a relationship. Uh, we're like-minded people. I wouldn't want to go with anybody else. And this is a true true statement on on that journey, especially if I needed to lose weight like that, because we all need health. But without health, I don't care how many millions you have. It's priceless. And what my biggest why is I've always, I want to be there for my, my daughters, their wedding. I want to meet my hopefully grandsons since I only, only had two daughters. So just that. And, and you know, I, I do want to see LSU win their, their fifth national championship, whenever that is. So. <laughs> we'll start by beating Alabama this week and, and we'll. And, and then also, we'll you know, you're, you're right, man. How can I be on stage? How can I go coach people if I'm too busy hitting the Japanese buffet, hitting the hitting the Golden Arches, hitting um, Dave's at Wendy's, hitting all these places, and then telling people what to do when I can't even have control of my own life? Yeah, start by leading yourself well, and and others will naturally follow. All righty, love you. Thank you for your time. And by the time this airs. Dave, well, you're, you're going to have more webinars, right? Yeah, yeah. We're going to do several over the course of the next year. Okay, follow Dave. Dave has a vast amount of information, free information. He's going to do webinars. I'm, I'm on his first one, and I told him I'll, I'll be on multiple because we want to see win-win. We want to see we live in abundance. We don't live in scarcity, and we want to see everybody win. All righty, brother. Love you, and thanks. Thanks for being on, man. Hey, glad to do it. Hope to do it multiple times. You will. You will. <laughs> All right. I guarantee you. Thank you, sir. God bless. I never told no one that. What if it did work? Start asking yourself better questions. An amazing podcast and an amazing movement, but it all started as an Amazon best-selling book. By yours truly. Yes, I'm being biased. It's my favorite book. Took me forever to write. About 47 years. But you know what? It took a lot less to write my second book. The Vacation CEO. Yes, that's a new book. I never told no one that. My whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind. I start thinking bold Like why you chasing dreams Aren't you getting kind of old I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel Or listen to my intuition To start a business before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind your life nothing but good vibes every day i'm thinking like what if it did work what if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose what if it did work
choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.